This is a HeadGum Podcast. Hey everyone, Craig here. This episode has an explicit tag because the bug book gets a little horny. Have a good listen. Welcome to Overdue. It's a podcast about the books you've been meaning to read. My name is Craig. My name is Andrew. I woke up this morning and I was a bug. We've... It, it sucks. <laughs> it sucks to be a bug. It's. I bet it sucks to be a bug. It sucks to be a huge bug, everybody. I'm so big and squishy and nobody. people keep trying to step on me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just, it sucks. Okay. I'll figure it out, but like it just for now, it sucks. Why don't you just, you know, bug off and mm. come back when you're not a bug? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Have you tried that? Do you, figure, do you want me to figure that out now and we'll just like pause and figure it out? Yeah, just like take or... a breath, like leave the room, come back, okay. see if you're still a bug. <laughs> okay. Okay. Okay, I'm back. I'm Great. Not, I, yeah. It was it was a costume the whole time. Oh. Susanna zipped me into a big bug costume and didn't tell me about it. <laughs> While I was asleep. <laughs> I was going to say, your feet sounded normaler on your return. Less like they were costumed and Yeah, because I, I took the big bug costume off. So we're going to have to have words after we're done recording. But yeah. I'm not a bug anymore. We fixed it. Okay, good. So now we can from- record our book podcast where one of us every week reads a book that we've never read before and tells the other person about it. And this week, Craig read a book. Yeah, you might surmise from our intro that we are talking about Franz Kafka's Metamorphosis, but we already did that. We did that many, like <laughs> like 10 years ago. A lifetime ago. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, this week, I read a book called The Roaches Have No King by Daniel Evan Weiss. I read this book. <laughs> I did. I did do it. It's, it's I I we've talked we've talked before about how, how we program the show and one of the things that we do is like every couple of months I will just google around for like lists of books. Sometimes I'll have like a theme in mind like when we put together Patreon polls this was trying to like have a theme. I think this was the result of one where the theme was June bugs because the month is June and we just did like wor- loose word association. So the <laughs> other, let me just, theme. yes, uh-huh. the other books on that poll, mm-hmm. um, a, a children's book bug off by Terry Fields, which received no votes. Uh, Along came a spider by James Patterson. Okay. That was like the, the anchor book of the poll for me. <laughs> uh-huh. I thought at least, at least we know what that one is. And the roaches have no king by Downey Evan Weiss, which Weiss, which took fifty eight percent of the vote. And I, I can't, I cannot tra- retrace my steps and figure out how I came across this book. Except I was so desperate to find more books about bugs that I must have just grasped, like grabbed any non Kafka straw that I could grab. And I this found ended up on the pile a Goodreads <laughs> list 
that was like books about bugs, like novels about bugs. That might that might be it. That and must, the thing is, like, uh, plenty of books that we've talked about were on that list, and Roaches Have No King were on that list. Charlotte's Web, The Bees, James and the Giant Peach, Cricket and Times bug Square. Books already. Yeah, you're right. Metamorphosis. Not on that book, on that list, were novelizations of ants or a bug's life, but, you know, we're not all perfect. So, <laughs> so we find ourselves here with this cult classic? A cult classic. <laughs> <laughs> it did. It's notable enough that it received a New York Times review in 1994 when it came out. Okay. That was like broadly positive. Yes. But also like kind of puzzled, which I think is also the vibe of most of the three star good reviews I found. Um, the author uh, whose name Louis Burke Frumkes says of Roaches Have No King, Shades of Kafka, Swift, and Don Marquis, Daniel Evan Weiss has written an appealing, often mordant satire about the urban condition as seen from the point of view of a roach. In The Roaches Have No King, Mr. Weiss, who is also the author of the novel Hell on Wheels, presents life as a battle between sexes between species on the chessboard as well as in and outside the household. Biblical references abound. Biblical references do abound. Have I neglected to mention that Daniel Evan Weiss's unusual novel is also dark and erotic in addiction to being clever and charming? It is laced with sexual scenes so graphic I hesitate to share them with you. And that's pretty, like the Three Star Goodreads reviews, <laughs> Isabella says, this is the strangest book I have read, enjoyable and gross in equal measures. Deborah, I bought this book by accident for my student library because a boy requested stories about bugs. <laughs> I searched for young adult books about bugs and this popped up. When I received it, I realized it was entirely inappropriate and took it home with me. My adult son read it and recommended it to me because it's strange. I read it and I like it. There are some parts that I loved, some parts I didn't like, some that horrified me, and some that had me cheering for the roaches. Uh, Mark says, some of the imagery is exceedingly vivid, so may not be for everyone. <laughs> End of review. I found one YouTube hit for this guy, this book, and it was a, mm -hmm. another book club years ago. Mm -hmm. Similarly befuddled. Just Every once in a while, someone digs this one up and is like, what is happening with <laughs> I this? I feel like Hor the sexy, horny bug book. I feel like it's like a it's like the ring or something. Like every few years, somebody unearths this book and then they have to go talk about it. They have to yeah. write a review or talk into a microphone. We have to. We have listeners and advertisers and all kinds. We have like financial obligations. And this is the book that I did. <laughs> that I did find um, an, an article on the bedlam dot com where Ooh. a guy does a lot of um, uh, like horror reviews, genre reviews, and, and most of them in the horror zone. Mm -hmm. Um and he gave me a little, like, I was, I was, I don't know what else you were able to find, so I, I'm going to turn it back over to you in a second, but, like, I was just hungry for anything about where this book came from. And one thing is that it was published originally under the title Unnatural Selection in 1990 uh -huh. in the UK. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until 1994 that it got an American publication yes because i think it was more popular in europe than it ended up being over here <laughs> yes and this guy on bedlam files did a whole thing on what was up with these like bunch of cockroach stories in the late 80s early 90s there's a movie from japan called twilight of the cockroaches that has a, <laughs> it's you know about a society of cockroaches who live with a bachelor 
until he gets a new girlfriend who's very clean and they mm. declare war on the cockroaches. Okay. There's one called The Cockroaches of Staymore, which is in the South. That's a novel in 1989. And it's about cockroaches from two different houses and like their humans are going to get together. Uh huh. And then there's this one, which is like the, you know, warriors esque New York City, <laughs> but told from a bug's perspective. And it's super erotic, dark, horny. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> and maybe that maybe by that's the time my fa- we got that's to my that favorite one, porn parody of zero dark 30 <laughs> by the time we got to that one maybe people weren't as into it so they kicked it over the pond uh until we were ready in 1994 after yeah. clinton was president anyway yeah, we were ready after after the the reagan and bush era ended <laughs> we were america was ready for a new chapter Can and it was the roaches have no king about this man Daniel Evan Weiss, not a ton of out there about him. Almost everything there is I found on his author website. Oh, boy. Which is DanielEvanWeiss.com. I'm going to preface this by saying that there is a blog on Don't this go website. Don't go there. Last updated in 2015, which it does. Okay. So it does have a ton of posts railing against affirmative action practices and political correctness and like sometimes Islam. Yeah. But it's also supposed to be in character as Numbers the Roach from the book The Roaches Have No King. Yeah. So I honest to God don't know if it's supposed to be parody or not. I'm going to assume no. But <laughs> the last because like I don't because post, if it's like hooray the 25th anniversary is here or something and that's yeah, it. Yeah, it's yeah, the last post is from 2015 and it's like hooray the 25th anniversary edition of my book is here and the next one is like let me talk let's talk about quote yellow students in admission in college admissions yeah no <laughs> woof dude so like maybe we accidentally uh unearth like a horrible person who we should, like that cat murder book from that yeah. like islamophobe guy that we talked about I can't, for the thing while, is i can't like find ago. anything else about him yeah i can't find anything else about him so like Take comfort in the fact that if he is a huge Islamophobe racist guy who like talks about political correctness a lot, his footprint in the culture is pretty pretty limited. Like there are people who are doing worse things much more effectively. And there's than a bunch Daniel of, Evan White. You know, I haven't I can't vouch for them. I haven't read them, but he you know, other things he has written include like multiple memoirs or like biographies of like just people right? well of like people who survived the holocaust like yeah. he's written a lot of stuff about you know that era um other other people as well like a you know uh what is this like groundbreaking doctor who was like you know this woman who was like the head of the harvard medical school or something like mm-hmm. just and then he's and then he writes a few novels yeah, so Roaches Have No King was the first novel that he wrote, but okay. he says it was turned down by American publishers for nine years before it was published. So wow. that's what you're referencing, I think, okay. that gap between the British publication and the American one. Uh, so in in that wind in that nine year window, he wrote another novel called Hell on Wheels, which was mentioned in that New York Times review. Um, and then he's written some humorous uh, nonfiction, including one called One Hundred Percent American from 1988. That collects weird statistics about Americans that purport to be true. And then another one 
called The Great Divide, colon, How Females and Males Really Differ from 1991, uh-huh. which is a, which also is statistic-based, but is probably riding a wave of, like, men are from Venus, women are from Mars, whichever. The, I think I flipped them. But, <laughs> yep. uh-huh. you know, the, the women be different from men genre. Yeah. Book. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and he's got another one in that in that field as well. Did you catch that one? Well, let me let me get through the list of okay. ones that I know of, and then you can tell me if I missed the one that you're thinking of. Okay. Uh, then novels came out post Roaches include The Swine's Wedding and Honk If You Love Aphrodite. No yes. idea what either of those yes. are. Then he started doing the memoirs. Yep. Um, and then his most recent book that I could find is from 2013. It's about how hot middle-aged women yes. are, or at least that's what the title is. Yes. But Amazon reviews are few and mixed, <laughs> so I'm not the, sure how effectively he's representing that viewpoint. But The you know, Magic I, of Middle-Aged yes. Women he's, is the name of the book. <sighs> On paper, I mean, yeah, let's talk about people being horny and cool and middle-aged. Like, we're, we're getting there. Yeah. Yeah, we're cooler and hornier than we've ever been. It's true. <laughs> so let's extend that to everybody. But yeah, just a strange. And OK, so I've got some biographical information also provided by him. <laughs> oh, very, OK. Uh, very like get off my lawn sort of. Stuff. Great. Unlike most novelists, I had no interest in literature when I was growing up. I read history and science and foresaw a career in physics or mathematics, but I turned down a shot at MIT and went to Harvard where I became a bachelor of philosophy and a master of nothing. I enjoyed the process of composing my undergraduate thesis, though was indifferent to the thesis of the thesis. And despite my command of logic, inferred falsely that writing would be an enjoyable career. Nonetheless, 35 years later, I'm still at it. They say, write what you know. The landlord soon impresses on you the importance of writing what other people want to know. So, like, the the vibes of, man, I kind of hate this gig, but, like, here I am. It's a living. Yeah. Sort of. <laughs> uh, his golden rule of writing is... Oh. Uh, do not wait. Let me let me get the. Do not write unto others that which you would not want them to write unto you, which I'm not going to repeat. You just have to make sense of it. Uh, diaries aside, he says, what you write is not for you. It's for your readers. Your writing should be so clear and succinct, says the guy who just wrote that sentence that I just read, that it glides <laughs> through their eyes. If you make readers reread or decipher the one thing you're sure to inspire is resentment. A memo will go to the bottom of the pile. A book will be closed and forgotten. Sure. So, this guy is like, listen, I wrote this weird, <laughs> this weird erotic roach book. Let me tell you what people want to let, let me tell you what makes people pick up a book. People like this Roach book, man. (laughs) There are multiple websites I found where there are just, you know, dozens of user reviews of people being like, I read this book and it's so wacky. The people who find it do seem to, if not love it, at least like respond to something about it, which I'm eager to like dig into your (laughs) version of. (laughs) Oh no, man. (laughs) <laughs> I was trapped inside the mind of a bug for like mm-hmm. 250 pages. Mm-hmm. I'm, you were wearing a costume. I was wearing a mind costume. Mm-hmm. You were a bug, and you were a bug in your in your brain. In my, I brain. was a bug on the outside. Yes, of my outside. Yes, <laughs> your exoskeleton. Yeah, my carapace. So uh, together we made one bug. We did, mm-hmm. as is often the case. Yes, teamwork. Let's. Teamwork. Anything, 
<laughs> the DreamWorks. DreamWorks makes. AS? Teamwork, Did DreamWorks team, make AS? Teamwork makes DreamWorks. Is there anything else to talk about before we take a break? And then, and then DreamWorks made ants. No, we don't. Fine. We can go to the break, and then I'll tell you about this erotic dark horny book. <laughs> okay. This episode of Overdue is brought to you by BetterHelp, Andrew. Of all the days that you spent in the last week, mm-hmm. how many of them were just for you? Uh, just for me, none. Yeah. yeah. How many days had any Andrew time? Uh, most of them had like a little a skosh, like a Susan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But a lot of times... You're you're no you're helping out other people. You're doing what other people need from you, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. It's tough to strike that balance. I think one of these weeks we just need to like flip this, and I need to ask you about your how much Craig time you make. Yeah, you so can you do can that. About it. See, you know, we got to strike a better balance. It's easy mm-hmm. to get caught up in whatever else needs from you, and never mm-hmm. take a moment to think about what you need from yourself, right? Everybody needs you to make a podcast. Sometimes you need to make a different podcast. Like that's just how it works. Um. Therapy with better help can give you the tools you need to find more balance in more serious aspects of your life so that you can keep supporting others uh, without leaving yourself behind. Uh, therapy is a great way to just talk through what you're thinking about, to talk through stuff you're facing at work, what you're facing in your relationships, uh, and get often you know an, an impartial set of feedback on, on what you're thinking and, and help you talk through your own thoughts and goals. I think it's a useful thing that people should try out. So if you are thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash overdue today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash overdue. Craig, maybe your house is full of bugs and roaches, but you know what can never be full of bugs and roaches because it doesn't, it's not a physical thing that exists is a website. Whoa. I think there could be bugs and websites though, but I wouldn't there know what be, to do if I got them. Well, if you want to make a website that doesn't have bugs, you know what I mean? You need to check out the people at Squarespace. Mm. Squarespace is a website that helps you make bug-free websites. <laughs> they give you beautiful templates, drag and drop tools, and everything that you need to make cool stuff and fix it if it breaks. Uh, here's some other stuff we like about Squarespace. They give you some email campaign functionality that lets you stand out in any inbox craig any inbox Mm. have you seen my inbox they can even make you stand out in my (laughs) inbox collect email subscribers and convert them into loyal customers start with an email template and customize it by applying your brand ingredients like site colors and logo built-in analytics measure the impact of every send you have a video studio these are you heard about these moving pictures you can create pro level moving pictures effortlessly with the squarespace video studio app You can also gain powerful insights in who's visiting your site and how they're interacting with your content with in-depth website analytics tools, including page views, traffic sources, time on site, most read content, and more. And you own all the content you put on the Squarespace platform. They offer one-click data portability if you need to pack up all your stuff and bug out. Bug off. They they give you a bug out bag. They give you a bug out bag by letting you download your stuff with one click. Yep. 
So if all this sounds good, go to squarespace.com for a free trial. When you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash overdue to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash overdue. Save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. So the story that we've painted thus far is Mm -hmm. almost one of like picking a book off a shelf at a library or a bookstore Mm -hmm. being like roaches have no king. That's a funny name for wait. This cover has a bug on a lady's chest. That's funny. Well, I mm-hmm. should go read this book. Mm-hmm. And then you're in the book and you're like, whoa. <laughs> so you and try to ju- judge a book by its cover is what you, what you did. I Somebody on, on the patron poll was like, one of the covers has a roach sitting on someone's chest. Let's face our fears, everyone. Well, that's what we're doing. That's what we do on here on Overdue is we face our fears. Fear factor. Where do you want me to start? Good Lord. Andrew. Um, Okay, so what I know about this book is just like the high level summary that made me think, eh, maybe, maybe we could talk about it. <laughs> My understanding is that it's a, it's in an apartment of a slobby boy uh-huh. who get who starts dating somebody who's neat. Uh-huh. And like neat as in clean. Mm-hmm. And she starts inspiring him to clean up his act which is which the roaches in his apartment interpret as an existential threat this is this is my high level understanding of what the book is yeah no this is useful so i want i would like to know if it's all like all of it from the perspective of the roach or do you get some from the human perspective too like who's who's uh centered in this narrative this i guess is, is the place we can start bug centered book it is appropriate i guess that daniel evan weiss wrote his blog in the voice of an apparently islamophobic bug um because uh numbers the roach is the main character of this novel he's the narrator of this novel do we do we're supposed to like him I don't know, frankly. Mm-hmm. He's a bug who, when he was a larva, ate a bunch of glue and moisture in a copy of the Bible, specifically, I think, in the Book of Numbers. So he kind of downloaded into his bug brain a bunch of Bible stuff. <laughs> that echoes my favorite joke from the unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt where Ooh. one character accuses another character of thinking they're so smart because they got bit by a roach that crawled out of a dictionary. <laughs> That's kind of how it works. Yeah. So um, that Bedlam files article that I cited earlier talks about how this book doesn't have a, like a doesn't have a high concept, like sci-fi explanation for why the bugs are the way they are. It's just a classic, the bugs understand the humans just enough for it to be a funny book for a human to read. Okay. Like, the opening of the book is uh, Numbers and his, like, 37 siblings all being born into Ira Greenblatt's bookshelf, Mm -hmm. and they nosh on all the moisture and glue in the books. And so they each derive their, like, name and personality 
from these books. Now, not all, not all the roaches in the colony do this. Like some of the like, so some of the b- bugs are named like Exodus and Julia Child and Barbarossa. <laughs> okay, that's but funny. then. Some of them are named like Ajax and Ivory and Hefty because they were born like under the sink. Under the sink, yeah, right. Um, and so they they have a lot of language that they can say to each other, but it is all like run through human thought and language, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. And he, mm-hmm. you know, he's not interested in explaining that. It doesn't matter. I guess it makes sense insofar as like roaches are often like. De- dependent on humans for their existence in a, in a sure. way not not that roaches can't in, exist independently of humans but they do tend to just kind of seek us out because we are easy targets yeah. it seems yeah. like yeah. if i were going to read this book again which i'm not i would probably <laughs> like read with a closer eye towards the uh satirical allegory of the roaches reflecting humanity also I think there's something to a, you know, by all these roaches kind of having a slightly different mode of speech and a very distinctive name that comes from something that you might recognize. Um, it helps tell the bugs apart and gives them like quick characterization. But also, there's a lot in the book specifically for numbers, but other bugs do it as well, where they're like kind of behaving like humans or they're like trying to solve problems the way humans do. And so the ugly personalities of the humans we meet then get reflected in the bugs who we may ostensibly be rooting for. And so I think if someone is into what the satire of this book is up to, it's that bugs and man, we're not so different. We're both kind (laughs) of gross and bad sometimes. Yeah, I mean... That's not. There's no lie there that I can detect. Other bug names include Columbo, Phil, Cotex. Phil uh, the bug is excellent. <laughs> Klauswitz, Cicero, <laughs> David Copperfield, Snot, Windex, Exodus, Sufer, which is just the name Rufus backwards, and that bug. That is, bug reads backwards. Well, is this bug is this bug reading backwards? Rufus is the is name. This bug reading backwards to me. <laughs> Rufus is the name of the only black character in the book, mm-hmm. and Sufer talks with an accent in text as if he were stereotypically black in a like okay. a, a representation of African American vernacular, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um. In a way that I I do not feel comfortable about throughout the entire book. <laughs> okay, cool, correct. You know, mm-hmm. this the book is trafficking in um, a lot of ethnic stereotypes, and Bad. I think and I think Weiss is of the opinion that if we get to make fun of everyone, it's all good. It's like that type of color, you're colorblind. No, it's not that. It's not we're all the same. You know, it's. Oh, I guess he, uh, he's an equal opportunity offender. Yes. Yeah. Okay, there we go. I found yeah. I found the extremely predictable archetype that all these guys think that they're they're well, embodying. you know, and he gets to do, he um Ira gets to be the subject of a lot of like stereotypical Jewish humor. Um this one guy Oliver is the like one like white male old money racist. Um, 
So he sounds like how you would expect he would sound. Mm-hmm. They're one of Ira's previous girlfriend, which is not mentioned in that summary that you talked about. So we'll talk about her in a second. Okay, mm-hmm. She is a, a woman of Eastern European descent who is, for large parts of the book, just referred to as the gypsy. And Wonderful. then there's uh, an Asian man who comes and fixes the kitchen. And we go to the ghetto in New York for a period of time. <laughs> so... <laughs> Like, it's just, it's hitting. My bones every... just fell out of my mouth onto the floor. It's not a book that I would read. If you wouldn't not recommend sh- to today's hypersensitive woke youth. Certainly not that. And, mm-hmm. and if you're going to go into it, I would just like give it the same, give it a whole bunch of caveats in a way that I would give a lot of dated media. In that, I don't know that any of this is ill-intentioned in the way that you that that like overt, you know, racism is, or you know, like harmful, uh-huh. you know, languages. Sure. It's just a lot of a lot of humor rooted in stereotype, or a lot of attempts at humor rooted in stereotype that I personally just wouldn't. It wouldn't endeavor you, to take. You on. would not do that, and and you get the I get the sense from Weiss's blog and just the way that he writes about his career that if you were to take these concerns to him, he would be one of those like, well, it's a stereotype because it's true kind of people. Yeah, he would. That would be the defense he would deploy. Yeah, and there are characters in the book who are like manipulated uh, to get mad. In, in stereotypically racist ways, too. So, like, the book is aware of, at times, is aware of some of that racism as well. And I, it is wild for me to talk about the heavier <laughs> stuff in this book. Okay. And, like, the heavier elements of what it is to read this book and, like, not talk about just how bizarre it is. Mm-hmm. <sighs> So let's okay. I'm glad you gave that high level summary because let me let me unpack a few things up front. Yeah, that are not that. covered there. Mm-hmm. So these are uh, German cockroaches. They're the what are Typical. referred. They're referred That's, to. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> <laughs> they're referred to. They are the Blatella the 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 Blatella germanica, mm-hmm. also known as the croton bug. Um, they are a species of small cockroach, closely related to the Asian cockroach. Um, the American cockroach is way bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, and we, we just make them bigger here. That's like Texas, man. Mm-hmm. Um, these little guys are no, according to Wikipedia, one point one to one point six centimeters, like you know, half an inch long. Their whole body, so they're not very big. And there's just a whole bunch of them living in this guy's house. And they live mostly in his kitchen. Um, and they've got like, I don't know, some of them. They, <laughs> I don't even. I just like, I have all these notes here and I got distracted. I don't know how to help you get out of this roach maze because I'm still just thinking about all the weird names and. Well, uh. like. I got distracted by my note here that just says intrabug racism slash critiques. Uh-huh. Where like are the bug the, are the bugs 
like from the bookshelf, do they think they're better than the bugs no. from under this thing? Okay, no. they don't. They're, right. they're just different. They're just different. Okay. Um, the thing that happens with numbers that ultimately sets him apart, and there's not really a clear explanation for why, is just he bears witness to certain events that lead him on this quest to, and some of it I think is because he's read the Bible and he has a sense of sacrifice and of some sort of moral righteousness, mm-hmm. um, to get Ruth in particular, uh, Ira's new girlfriend, out of the apartment for good. So the big thing that ever all the roaches love about uh, the gypsy, as they refer to her. It is, it's, it's, sorry to interrupt. It's just like interesting to me that he would read the Bible and take that away from it and not like, man, these humans just be begetting people all over the place. Like nobody really... <laughs> Like if you just pound for pound, the Bible is mostly about people begetting other people. Yeah. So it's interesting that he, that he, yes. And he, so he would come to a, to such a sort of human high level interpretation of what the Bible is about is interesting. Yeah, but anyway, the, go ahead. Towards okay. the end, it is some old Testament revenge. Um, mm-hmm. But anyway, so Ira Greenblatt is a nebbishy public defense lawyer living in New York City, uh, and he is kind of bowled over by this uh, girlfriend of his, on again, off again, sexual partner, the gypsy, who comes in and out and makes a mess of his place. What do they say about her? Do I have the quote here? Um the gypsy was truly hot-blooded, aggressive, and insistent, a natural ally for us, the bugs. Her sexual ruthlessness gave us many hours of safe time to scout and harvest. She had no regard for Ira's household rules and regimens. She exercised power over him by defying them. In the kitchen, she was munif- munificent. If a recipe called for two tablespoons, at least one more would find the countertop. A cup of wine, she'd pour us one, too. Ingredients spilled and flowed over every surface into cracks behind cabinets. She never picked up her droppings. After all, she had already made the floor filthy. So what was the use of retrieving something too dirty to eat? Mm -hmm. So she is just a big, sexy, dirty lady who (laughs) is getting food waste all over the place. Uh All the bugs love her. Mm -hmm. But she's a little too much for Ira to, like, you know, he can't navigate their relationship and he's always making missteps with her, and he's trying to control her. It sounds like he wouldn't be good enough for her. Like she's 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 too good. She's she seems too good for him, mm-hmm. but she does seem kind of like a wild card. So like maybe he wouldn't want to settle down with her. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so she walks out of his life, and he's very sad. And the bugs are kind of sad because while he is leaving dishes in the sink, it's not quite the same. No, it's not the smorgasbord that it was when the big, sexy, dirty lady was living with him. No. So he gets introduced to a woman named Ruth Grubstein, or Grubstein, and she is described... Most of the descriptions of her by male-coded characters are not flattering, Uh but she does ultimately have a real strong sexual hold over Ira and numbers the cockroach. Mm -hmm. Pause for effect. Um, Yeah, yeah, sure. Numbers the cockroach likes this lady. He he does arrive at that conclusion later in the book a lot. But she's a little more fastidious. She's the one who wants them to clean up. She also uh, makes Ira renovate the kitchen. 
so this so he hires a contractor to come in um to renovate the kitchen and redo all the cabinets which is where the roaches live but now he does the cabinets too good and the co- the the roaches like can't get in behind all the cracks of the cabinets anymore okay and there's like one hole in the wall but Ira keeps his cash like in that cabinet in front of the hole it's like mm-hmm. a big wad of benjamins he doesn't have he doesn't have a bank account well no he talks about how it's like he keeps a third of his money in the bank and a third of his money in cash and a third of his money somewhere else huh. it's like i don't know something his mom taught him and okay. the bugs know all this of course <laughs> right and, but i mean they pay they pay attention come on yeah so they would love to live in the promised land through the hole in the wall but there's money in the way and they can't get there so numbers has a plan, Andrew, mm-hmm. that if they can get, because Ruth doesn't seem to excite Ira the same way that other women do, if they mm-hmm. can get Ira to leave Ruth and date someone else who he will spend his secret money on, <laughs> they can get through the hole in the wall. That and, is a complex ruse. Like, yeah. Wow. That is a lot. Okay. So then, like, this, I would, I wouldn't go. The part (laughs) of the book I had the most fun with was this middle section of the book where Numbers is engaging in multiple schemes to get Ira to hook up with his neighbor, Elizabeth, down the hall. Uh huh. So that he will leave, like, and not, maybe not even hook up with her, but just create a whole bunch of impropriety. It, like, basically becomes Othello for a few chapters mm-hmm. where the bugs are, like, locking people's doors in the hallway so they have to talk to each other. And, like, he gets a bunch of, like, red marker on his feet and, like, stomps all over a scarf that they gave to her. I don't really know what that was about. Except to make everybody talk about the scarf and try to make Oliver the racist jealous. Mm-hmm. This is just, I, we just watched uh, 101 Dalmatians, Susan ah, and I did mm-hmm. recently. And the way that movie starts, if you recall, is with the dog looking out the window and trying to get his owner to hook up with like the first lady that he sees. Yeah. <laughs> like the first. The first conventionally hot woman that he sees, and this the roach thing is is giving me that a little bit. It's like who is who is sort of hot and like has proximity to yes. the guy whose house we live in. Yep. I just this is for a roach to be like instead of going to a different place in the multi-unit apartment building that we live in. Yeah. I we need to make this guy date somebody who he'll spend his secret money on so we can get back there to the hole in the wall. Yep. I'm just impressed with the I'm impressed with the gumption. I'm less than impressed by the sort of sunk cost fallacy yeah. that is going on with these bugs. It's, yeah. The other so the one the couple of bug things to talk about there is that the roaches don't really work as a collective. Well, because they have no king. They do have no king. Apparently, that's Nobody, a reference to in something in the Bible about locusts or, or Pro- something. Sure, probably. Um, but when they're biblical, talking- biblical references abound, as the 
as the three star good or as, as the New York Times review so informed us. At one point, Bismarck the Roach says talking Is about that about like pancake mix. No. Mm, actually, I don't Wait, know. I'm th- am I thinking about you Bisquick? thinking about Bisquick? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the great Russian, the great Prussian general Bisquick. United all of the German states. I'm so tired. Go um, on, please continue. So Bismarck is talking about uh, how you know roaches wouldn't like organize and unionize and work together really. And the, oh, he's also talking about how roaches wouldn't like stuff their food away for like a rainy day, which is what they're thinking about having to do because Ruth is around, right? Yeah, I've seen I've seen Bugs Life. I know how. And he says, ants do that. They're so obsessed with protecting themselves against a bad day that they never have a good day. That's not living. Now, just a side note, I also like when uh, this other one, Rude says, humans like the way humans look. They even take pictures. And then Columbo says, and slugs like the way slugs look. But then they don't see very well. Now that's natural selection, said Bismarck. And then they slapped antennae. (laughs) Got (laughs) him. But Roach is high fiving about telling an awesome joke about slugs. Yeah. So right. the so the roaches don't really work together. So Numbers is kind of on his own over the course of the book. Numbers has a bunch of moments where he's like, "No, I'm thinking about this too much, like a human. Like I should." He does at one point try to bite the money, and it's like it's too tough. He can't eat it. He's too small. Mm-hmm. Um. Later, of course, towards the end of the book, he dislodges it by falling badly and like landing on it and he has this whole moment where he's like I went through all of this crap and this is what solved my problem it really does feel like yeah he did not go for the easiest solution to nope. the problem nope um but like along the way there's stuff about how Ira and Ruth don't have good sexual chemistry which is then like paralleled with uh some cockroach sex can i just have you um i'm just gonna send you something here oh no oh no i just want you to to just i'm gonna ask you to read this oh boy um and this is this is um this is numbers uh with another roach named cotex my wings had parted, and Kotex was feasting on my fount of pheromones. I could feel her heart pounding against my back. Soon we were perfectly aligned and balanced. I reached up into her snug genital chamber with my phalomere, my erotic grappling hook, which ensured that what happened in the lower orders didn't happen here. Slipping out, what could be a more malign omen for the destiny of Homo sapiens? Hooked at the genitals, Kotex and I rotated so that we faced in opposite directions. I would not allow my face to distract her from her pleasure, and I insisted on being left to mine. Air from our unimpeded spiracles fed our fire. So this is them having good sex while Ira is slipping slipping out. out. Slipping out. Mm. I'm glad that... No, I'm not glad about any of this. I (laughs) take it back. So that's the kind of that's from the first third of the book where I was like I don't know about this book. We and need then, to put an explicit on this probably. If probably we're talk about like the mechanics of slipping out. Yeah, probably. Okay, all right. Just making sure we've talked about it. The <laughs> the 
the parts in the middle in the scheming that I liked for the most part. It, I like this one section where Numbers goes to the Italian apartment down the hallway and there's a big colony of American cockroaches mm-hmm. who won a bloody war there 10 years ago to take over. Okay. And now they rule there by fiat. And because all the roaches are getting hungry, Numbers' plan is what if I go there and get like a cockroach molting shell and I could take it back to my colony and we can eat it for a little while because we need food. Uh-huh. And all these big cockroaches are like, you little idiot, what are you doing here? Get out of here. <laughs> what do you, we're, what? And then some other big cockroach whose name is American Woman comes up. That's a good. And good, she's I like, listen. Born among the LPs or something. <laughs> she's like, listen, we trade for goods and services in this society. So what are you going to give me? Because originally he's like, well, I'm literate. I could like teach you stuff. And they're like, boring. And so then this giant lady cockroach <laughs> like has sex with him and just co- and while all the other cockroaches laugh at him for being such a tiny cockroach. Mm-hmm. And then they let him take home of one of her old shit like exoskeletons that she molted <laughs> off. It's like a is that mm, Yeah. Is that like a <laughs> sort of a re- real dolls kind of I don't situation? Re- no, that's not or what they use it like, for. Okay. He does he does <laughs> yeah. like wear it as a costume for a little bit and then they use it to scare Ira and then they eat it um during huh. this big meal. That it's is useful the like for a lot of things, I guess. Yes, very useful. Um, and it's big. It's this big, like climactic, no pun intended, meal where the plan comes to a head that uh, the the cockroaches like climb into the wires in the wall and like orchestrate a power outage so that Ira and Elizabeth, the neighbor, will like be in the kitchen together and get caught by the racist man. Mm-hmm. And all of this is supposed to drive everybody apart, but it doesn't really work. Okay. And that... And <sighs> then <laughs> there's stuff after the next part I'm going to talk about that is like, whatever. He goes, on a, he goes on a trip with Rufus, the cocaine dealer. Again, the only black character in the book. And it's very... <laughs> what, there was one review that i saw on on librarything.com that described how rufus talked and i'm trying to remember he sounded like some jewish guy doing a parody of some midwest white guy doing a parody of scenes that were cut from boys in the hood that is definitely how rufus sounds given i mean given what little we know about Dan Eleven Weiss. I mean, that feels like a not inaccurate read uh, of what is uh, of the chain of custody of this of this of this accent. Credit to Offside Her in two thousand seven for putting yeah. that one down. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he leaves Rufus behind. At some point, he gets flushed down the toilet. There's a lot of toilet stuff in this book where the cockroaches <laughs> are looking at people's butts while they're on the toilet. Brad. And he spends a bunch of time in the sewers. Um, he ugh, gross stuff happens in the sewers that I don't want to talk about. <laughs> um, and then we get to the end of the book. Okay, so let me dial back. Okay, after the 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 double date 
fails by not blowing up all the relationships and and like you know having Ira cheat on Ruth or whatever. Uh Numbers decides he needs to personally inspect like the two women uh-huh. to figure out which one of them is like the better woman for Ira. Mm-hmm. Cause like, why isn't this working? He needs like first, he needs to see firsthand. Mm-hmm. So we get back to back passages of numbers, the cockroach going into a lady's bed at night. And I don't, uh, do we uh, have- yeah, <laughs> if we is this has this podcast been going for an hour yet? Like, can we reasonably just stop talking to each other before you tell me about the rest of this? And he explores, and he finds Elizabeth wanting uh-huh. because she does not respond to his stimuli. I hate this. I hate this so bad. I hate it. Oh, no. And then he goes to Ruth, and she sort of does. And also, he finds her so intoxicating that he is literally able to fly. It's not a Ruth? Yes. Okay. So he has a newfound respect for Ruth. I'm on... I'm not... Okay. There are mo- most of my notes in the Kindle edition of this book that I read are something like what am I reading? What is happening? Why is this a book? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't really like I just I don't know how I don't know how to respond because my response is kind of being shared by thousands of people who are listening to us talk about this right now about this bug who yeah who's just crawling around trying to stimulate people and deciding things about them as people based on how they respond to a roach crawling around in their a, ro- a roach their a roachism mm-hmm. no i don't know <laughs> it's like like i read portnoy's complaint for the show like 20 years ago and it reminds me of that, except like in terms of the all the sex is supposed to be gross. All this, all all the erotic stuff is supposed to be un, like hilariously uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not supposed to make you horny. It's supposed to be like ew, horny. And yeah, I mean that's where I am. So yeah. congratulations. And it's I don't. If we go back to the place where it's about how the roaches are also reflective of how gross and bad people are, then Mm -hmm. sure, that's a book, I guess. Mm -hmm. But instead, I watched, I watched in my mind as I read a book. Because you thought about it. Because it changed changed you into a bug in your brain, and then you were like, what would this be like? And then I had to read about the bug and the lady. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I mm, so at the end of the book, I don't. Could a bug even apply the pr- pressure necessary? 
that's hard. That's it's, that. It's, that is it's what difficult. this. That is what the book is. The book asked that question. Okay, and, great. I'm so glad. That you the know, book asked that question. Numbers is skilled, I suppose. That's. I mean, he's good. I guess he's read the Bible, so that's a really good. You couldn't possibly learn more about how to have good sex than by reading the Bible. <laughs> so towards the end of the book, um, he comes back from his exile in the sewers and the colony is kind of at a loss for what to do next. And there's this big climactic scene where he has convinced a bunch of them. Oh, first he gets trapped in a roach motel and he has to eat his friend so that he can grow enough to get out of his own exoskeleton to get okay. off of the roach motel. Mm-hmm. And then there's a big exodus from the mantle back to the cabinet because he found the hole through the wall. But Ira wakes up and sprays all of them with raid or whatever and kills literally everybody but Numbers. Uh, and then Numbers laboriously pu- like puts Drano or whatever in... Uh, Ira's coke supply mm-hmm. and then Ira does a hit of coke and dies oh, and no. <laughs> oh, no. and Numbers stares him in the face while he's on the ground and is like great I will inherit the earth Ruth is mine end of book she's okay yeah the delusions of grandeur with this roach <laughs> I think yeah that's that's wow. Okay, that's that's an that's a way to end your Roach book. It really there was like a lot of biblical references did abound towards the end where <laughs> he was just like trading biblical passages with this bug named Exodus, trying to convince his whole colony to come back to the cabinets, and he mm-hmm. did lead his people to their own destruction. Um. I skipped over the part where they where Julia Child, the bug, ate boric acid and kind of went, you know, a little batty, and then they had to kill her in the pilot light because she was a danger to the colony. Uh-huh. You know, mm-hmm. I skipped over some of the awful stuff that happens in the sewer that I don't want to talk about. Still, good, great. Um, you and but you did want to talk to me about all the other stuff that we talked about. Yeah, that was well. I that, defined mm-hmm. want and had to. Okay. I'm making an executive decision to not talk about the sewer. Uh, right. But I just feel like people people in okay, that'll be that'll be a Discord <laughs> reward tier is like, people will inevitably beg you to know what happened in the sewer and you're gonna have to tell them. I just So if you wanna see if you wanna see that, you gotta be in our Discord. The book is not not clever at times. Like I get I'm just not here for some of the gonzo stuff going on. Mm-hmm. But, like, there are people who are just, like, way... And earlier in my life, I probably was, like, way... Ha- would have been way happier to just be like, this book's out of control! <laughs> like, that's kind of the vibe that it has most of the time. Mm-hmm. And I think if you meet it on that front, and maybe if you are a little more well-versed than even I am in some of, like, the literary references and things like that, like you're probably going to get, you know, you're going to have a time with it that is mm-hmm. not necessarily a negative time. Okay. I've found some of the sex stuff just too wacky. <laughs> uh, There's something about a bug 
stimulating a human woman that I'm never going to be able to stop <laughs> thinking about, unfortunately. Really untoward. Yeah, it's not toward. And there's just a lot of gross stuff. There's a lot of... Um, that that horror reviewer that wrote about it was like, yeah, some of the stuff that happens with these bugs is really awful. Like kind of like <laughs> yeah. out of a, like the bugs that get exposed to like boric acid or when their faces are boiling because they got sprayed with stuff like, whoa. And <laughs> I guess some of it, too, is like Ira is this, you know, ostensibly good guy who defends, you know, is a public defender, but. There's a lot of like taking the piss out of who he is willing to defend, which I don't love. But also, he's this guy who's supposed to be an upstanding person, and yet he is like committing genocide on this, you know, civilization mm-hmm. kind of thing. That's a that's a very surface level satire that I think the book is actually trying to do more than that, but it mm-hmm. is there. Um, and a lot of the bugs are just <laughs> willing to be. It's, it's just traffic in way more misogynistic language than I am used to hearing on a regular basis. Great. So. I mean, it was written in the 80s, published in the 90s. It was a different time. Misogyny was. was it didn't exist back then. Was right. okay. Yeah, it was. It didn't exist because. Yes, because it was okay. And I, I think this book. Because the, the PC police had moved the goalposts the way that they have now. I, I think. The, the that Weiss and and you know people who enjoy this book would tell you that like no one comes out of this book looking good and that's mm-hmm. the point. So all of the bad stuff that you read this book and go ew like that is the point and you know he succeeded. Great. I went ew. Yeah, I mean I went ew when I read his blog and I've gone ew several times since you started telling me about this book. So like mission accomplished, I guess. Yep. I'm glad. Uh, if you got this book um, because we were going to talk about it. Sorry. Or you're welcome. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Andrew, just how do, as we close out here today, just tell me how you feel about uh, bugs. Just what, like, what bugs do you tolerate? What bugs do you hate? In general, I hate all bugs. Okay. And I have gotten... Like the, the house centipede used to absolutely recoil even to see one. Now mm. I don't so much anymore. Some of that is from learning that the house centipede is a helpful friend who eats other bad bugs. Yep. And part of it is just like, if you're going to live in Philly and you're going to spend any time in your basement, you're going to see a million of these bad boys. Yep. Um, I don't know. I think it's kind of a bummer that, Bugs are kind of on a downswing as a like a as a thing as a going as a concern because yeah. bugs seem important like yes. in a lot of food chains and stuff. Yeah, that's I, I can like recognize the importance of the humble bug without wanting one to be directly in my sphere of business at any given point. You know? I'm way more aware even in the last few months of like don't want a bug near me because of Simon. I'm like, I don't want bugs on Simon. Like That would be bad if he had bugs on him. Just like we're out in the world, like walking around, like get away from us because I can take it. Jump mm-hmm. on me. <laughs> Wait, so you want more bugs on you so that they don't get on Simon? If If it's to keep them from him. Yeah, but you'd rather just all bugs stay away. Just, yeah, just stay away. Mm-hmm. Go do your own stuff. Okay. Read a book, bug. 
and hang out over there. Send us an email about your favorite bug book. Hopefully, it's not like this one. OverduePod at gmail.com. <laughs> uh, social media at OverduePod. Thanks to Andrew, Claire, Adam, Gloria, Amanda, and many more for reaching out in the last week about b- books other than this one. Yeah. Our theme song is composed by Nick Larandris. Andrew, if folks want to know more about the show, where do they go? OverduePodcast.com is our internet website. We have the books that we have read and are going to read up there. We have a little handy like player thing that you can use to play the episode along with a download yeah. link up there. We don't talk about it ever. <laughs> you can just save these episodes to a hard drive. Burn well, we them to a, a CD. Our friend Catherine has little, I think, the Tony box, like MP3 players. Or for, a Yoto box, yeah. Or whatever they are for kids where you can just put an MP3 on it. And so being able to download a podcast MP3 is a big deal for, for some people. But you can, we just make it easy. You can just go do it. Don't put this one on your kid's box, but... Nope. I mean... Unless you're unless you're really cool, unless you're, <laughs> unless you're okay with your kids being super awesome and cool, uh, <laughs> we also have a Patreon, <laughs> Patreon.com/slash/overduepod. Get access to our Discord server, we'll, where Craig will almost certainly be asked to explain the Seward thing. Uh, access to bonus episodes early. Uh, we always release them to the main feed, but Patreon subscribers get them first. Uh, this month in just a couple of days, a couple of short days, we're going to be recording our uh, recording and live streaming our bonus of the Garfield Fat Cat three pack number one by Jim Davis, creator of Garfield, the cat who hates Mondays yeah, and loves lasagna. And I'm really excited about it. And Craig, I think you are, too. I am. I am excited about that one. I'm also excited about the month of July, mm-hmm. which I can share some of with everyone some of uh the first book is going to be the alchemist uh then we're going to talk about a wizard of earthsea the first book in the earthsea series uh episode 600 andrew the big one we're gonna start the percy jackson series no commitment to the rest of the series just yet but we usually end up doing it. Yeah, we're gonna read the first Percy Jackson book. That unless we re- unless we read it and are just so bored about it and don't have anything to say about it. I don't that think never happen. That'll never happen. And that will be uh, like a special anniversary. Um, invite everyone to live stream. Yeah, so, like episode five hundred was. Yeah. which happened according to Gregorian calendars, like. A year and a half ago, yeah, or almost something. two years ago. But yeah. it feels like it was like a couple of months ago. Yep. So that's weird. Cool. Um, mm-hmm. So that that recording will likely take place on July fourteenth. So keep an eye on our social media for that. Okay. Um, and then there'll be other books in I June. Mm-hmm. What in July? But not oh. in June. <laughs> yeah, be in more July. books in June twenty twenty four. Don't have that schedule yet. No, not yet. All right, everybody. Thank you for thank you. I guess for listening to Craig talk about this bug book. And in spite of what we have shared with you today, please try to be happy.
That was a HeadGum Podcast.